This is the Thursday Night Podcast, your source for news, analysis, and all things Georgia State sports. Because every day is Thursday. Hello and welcome to episode 86 of the Thursday Night Podcast. My name is Jordan and I'm joined today by David and Brady. We've got a variety of stuff to talk about today. First off, we're going to hit some football news, talk a little bit about basketball with guest Ben Moore of 247 Sports, PantherTalk.com, and a little bit of baseball at the end. But let's go ahead and get right on into it. Football news dropped just today as of recording this episode. The first three kickoff times have been announced for the 2021 football season for the Panthers. Season opener is going to be against Army at noon Eastern on September 4th. That game will be broadcast nationally on ESPNU. And then the following weekend, the game at University of North Carolina on September 11th will be at 7.30 Eastern on ESPN3 and the ACC Network. And then the weekend after that, Georgia State will return to Center Park Stadium to host Charlotte on September 18th at 7 p.m. Eastern, a night game in September, to be seen online on ESPN+. Also noteworthy, the Panthers' clash with Louisiana on Thursday, November 4th, will be on Big ESPN. So let's go ahead and kick off discussion for this with a question from Mike from Marietta, who wants to know which of the first three game times announced today are you most excited about? Gentlemen. I'm always the same type of basic lover of night football, and it's the home game that is a night game. So I'm going to go with the Charlotte game just because night football rocks, and it rocks slightly more when it's a home game because obviously the UNC game is also, but it is in Center Park Stadium. It's the team that allegedly Georgia State is going to be allowed to play again in Charlotte. Uh, And if you're rating chances of the games, I mean, UNC is a good team and Army has been consistently good under Jeff Monken. So you'd say that's probably going to be tough. So aside from anything else, Charlotte's also the game that you would say is the most likely win of the three. And so that also makes it more appealing. Uh, nice win under the lights. But, yeah, it's nice to have these games. Uh, and it's definitely we got used to it last year during the pandemic year because Georgia state got on national TV because there weren't all the games playing, you know, the big 10 didn't start until a month into the season. And so Georgia state got some early season opportunities for TV, but you're starting out against army. It's on ESPNU. And so you can't discount that part of it either. Yeah. Um, I agree with basically everything you say. Um, I'm really looking forward to that UNC game. Um, And, you know, I guess just as a fan of college football um, and the NFL, like the NFL at large, um, I'm really interested to see how Sam Howell does, um, because, you know, I think he's, if not the top quarterback in the next class right now, you know, he's definitely going to be one of those guys that people are going to be talking about all year. Um, And so I think that Georgia State has a good secondary, you know, it might not be an sec type secondary. Um, and I, I want to see what Georgia state, you know, does to try to mitigate that. You know, I think that's going to be a good game from, uh, aesthetics of watching football perspective, um, especially for this program, because, you know, we saw it last year with the defense, you know, there were some times where, you know, quarterbacks kind of torched them and, you know, the pass rush was good, but didn't all the leagues get there. Um, and I think that, you know, army runs, um, I think they're still triple option, correct? Like they, yeah, they don't, yeah. they don't do any sort of. Uh, that one will not be the aesthetics of football game. <laughs> correct. <laughs> um, you know, and I think Charlotte's going to play a little bit more to like a Georgia State type level. Um, 
So, but I, yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited to see, you know, one of the better college football prospects in the country play against, you know, a team that I think in Georgia state will probably be pretty good. Hey, I mean, keep in mind, 2020 happened, the schedule got changed, and so the Alabama game didn't happen. Georgia State still got a one-game winning streak going against power conference teams. You know, got some hashtag momentum going into this game against UNC. Uh, The other part of the schedule that we got uh, that wasn't new information necessarily was that the Louisiana game in November, which we knew was going to be on national TV, is going to be on big ESPN, and you know, the, the actual channel doesn't necessarily matter that much. But again, it's another situation where it's getting chosen for the quote unquote biggest possible audience. And so that's a fun thing that against what could possibly be a ranked Louisiana team, you know, Georgia State could be ranked for all we know. The season's got to play out. But a, a Louisiana team that has been good year in, year out, you get a chance to go in there on national TV and make some noise against a team that people around college football know is a team and has been a rising team and Billy Napier has been a rising coach. And so that's a game where you get the biggest possible audience to go in. And if you win the game, it's a real chance for Georgia state to open those eyes to be like, Oh, there's Georgia state beating this team. And they were overtime away from doing it in the center park stadium uh, last year. As a fan, uh, you know, as somebody who has watched a lot of Sunbelt football over the last few years, uh, I just need everybody to circle that Thursday game because it's going to be crazy. I don't know what it is about this conference playing games during the week, um, but none of the games are normal. They're all just the most zany football games that you can ever imagine, um, regardless of who's playing or, you know, who's good and who's not. So I, if you're expecting a normal, clean cut, you know, Sunbelt football game on that day, look elsewhere because it's going to be anything but what was it in the app Louisiana game this past year something really weird happened at the end of the game wasn't that the game where they had the the safety or was that the coastal Louisiana? yeah I think that they took a safety right yes well the the app in Louisiana game was just I think that was just close um and I think there was a couple app state turnovers like just really weird boneheaded plays um at the end there but the coastal louisiana game uh louisiana i think it was louisiana took a safety um no 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 i think it was coastal took a safety to win the game and not give louisiana a chance to come back in that one no you you this is this was the app game this was louisiana okay Okay. i've pulled up the video (laughs) With it's just under two minutes to go. It was a fourth down. They ran out about 20 yards back into their end zone, took a safety to make it a three point game that they were leading. And so they gave app basically two minutes to do a two minute drill to come down and tie the game on a field goal. And then app got down inside the red zone and then missed the field goal as time expired. So the coaching strategy worked out great. Um, best decision ever made. No questions at all to be asked about giving up free points in a game like that um, to the point. That's the reason I brought that up is that was a late season ESPN, one of the network games. And so you're right. Everything is to be expected. All bets are off going to be a fun disaster already. I can tell. I just don't want it to be like that crazy 
was the Georgia State Arkansas State game on Thursday last year? Because I remember that it was. one was at night, and it was yeah, no, that one was crazy too. <laughs> Not necessarily working out great for Georgia State in the end, but I passing yardage getting broken all over the place. Yeah, Dahu Green and Jonathan Adams going crazy. Quad kind of having his coming out party. Both teams drop in fifty. Some yeah. bell, fun belt. Just, I mean, this conference got, as you said, this conference got a lot of exposure last year, and I think a lot of people love the kind of the media darling in Coastal Carolina, you know, and ranked Louisiana by the end there. But man, I'm so glad that the rest of the country got to see just how absolutely absurd this conference is sometimes. So obviously we're all looking forward to the return of regular full attendance, possible football at Center Park Stadium. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. But next, let's go ahead and move on over to a segment where we talked with Ben Moore of 247 Sports and PantherTalk.com about the Panther family TBT team. All right. So right now we're joined by special guests on the Thursday Night Podcast. Uh, you all know him. You all love him. Ben Moore, PantherTalk.com. Uh, he's here to talk about the uh, Panther Family TBT team that has officially been announced uh, as a part of the tournament this year. Yeah, man. Appreciate you having me. Um, it's uh, It was wild uh, to see this kind of build and, and uh, really, the idea was was spawned uh, by a couple of, of former guards. Uh, Ryan Green, uh, of course, uh, was a member of the NCAA team that beat Baylor, um, and uh, then you know went to the went to the next round and uh, played Xavier very very tough in the next round. And then Devin Mitchell, of course, uh, one of the newer uh, Panther family members and one of the probably one of the best shooters in Georgia State history uh, in terms of three point range. And uh, they, those two guys got together and, and were basically co-GM and, and wanted to get this thing off the ground and, and get a, a team uh, from Atlanta and from a Georgia State perspective uh, to be represented uh, as one of the, of the 64. And, and uh, we're proud within uh, you know, the last few hours, I guess, it's been announced by the, the, uh, the basketball tournament that uh, Georgia State will be represented with the Panther family TBT. So I appreciate you having me on. And I guess where I'd start with uh, just even just the names that were on that post with the roster, it's a group that mostly played under Coach Hunter, but there was some crossover uh, that also is played with the new staff. But it just feels like something that, you know, even with the good team that there was the turn made the tournament won a game in 2001, it feels like something that hasn't really been like if this was a thing 15, 20 years ago, I don't know if Georgia State could have put together a team like this and particularly just the guys that it is. It just seems like a real it, statement of intent of where Georgia State has taken this basketball program. There's no question. And certainly if you follow the official men's basketball account on Twitter, you see, I mean, they, they've been putting out basically their Panther pros update. There's uh, really over the last eight to 10 years, there's been a tremendous amount of international uh, basketball players and, and alums that have come from Georgia state. And, and that's really kind of how this idea started. Um, you know, the TBT teams that have done very, very well uh, are basically stocked with pros. You know, you're going to have eight, nine, 10 guys that are, are playing uh, internationally. These, these for the most part are not going to be guys that are kind of NBA, or, you know, level, but it's going to be kind of a next level where, where guys that are scrapping uh, potentially looking for an opportunity 
uh, you know, for a contract and things like that. But, you know, really when you, you just, you mentioned it, you know, you have guys in the G league, like Malik Ben Levy who played with the Utah Jazz's summer league team last year. Um, you know, guys like Devin Mitchell, uh, who, who went and played in London, um, you know, for the Cheshire Phoenix, uh, Jordan session, who's played professionally guys like that. Kevin Ware, for example, who's played a few years internationally. And, and as a guy nationally, of course, that folks know, uh, from his time in Louisville, and of course, uh, his time here to two years where he uh, was known as the de- defensive specialist and uh, one of the better athletes there um, in, in Coach Hunter's uh, tenure at Georgia State as well. So um, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's really kind of come together. And, um, you know, some, some of the, the older guys were getting questions, obviously, about the roster. And, and uh, we, we, we'd love to have a 20-man roster. But um, part of it is, is 10 guys and putting them together and, and some coaches and, and some supporters. And uh, we, we, uh, we're excited to see where this thing goes. Hey, Ben, uh, you know, you mentioned that Ryan Green was kind of the spearhead for uh, the direction and like kind of the formulation of the team. You know, what kind of spurred that on? Was it just a sense of, uh, you know, basketball and at Georgia State has kind of grown over the last 10 years? Or, you know, was this just a group of guys that were like, yeah, I just want to play some ball with my buds. You know, how can we better facilitate that going forward? Yeah, I think that was a little bit of it. And it's funny, you know, uh, you know, in 2021, uh, almost everything starts on Twitter, right? So you have, you know, basically the whose teams is better. I mean, that was a pretty good back and forth for a while. It was, you know, is the RJ Ryan Harrow, Kevin Ware teams, uh, was that better? Or, or the Malik Ben Levy, Demarcus Simons, you know, Jordan Sessions squad uh, more recently, who, who was better, who would handle who one-on-one and, and almost to the point where it was like, Hey, let's go ahead and uh, meet at the sports arena and, and figure this out. So uh, which, which I told him, I said, uh, yeah, I would happily uh, pay good money to, to be in there and see those guys run up and down. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think, you know, to, to Brady's point a little bit earlier, I mean, you have so many pros now and guys that are on that level um, and, and the name that keeps popping up. And, and I've been asked about it uh, since the news broke. Uh, all right. Is RJ Hunter playing um, I, at this point? I'm happy to report he will not be you know, playing on this this year's squad, uh, although um, I can kind of tease that he will be around. And he will be involved in some capacity. So, um, you know, we, we, we know uh, the GOAT uh, is around and helping and, and, and doing things that way as he continues to, to uh, elevate his professional career. But, yeah, I mean, you just look at Ryan. I mean, he's worked in college athletics. I mean, soon after he graduated, he worked uh, here at Georgia State, uh, is now working in Chicago with Northwestern University. And, and um, I, I think tr- truly maybe one of our, our first former student athletes to be an athletic director at some point. Uh, he, he has that level, uh, you know, I think uh, of career path, but uh, we, he just talked about it and got Devin involved and, and Devin obviously through his connections as well. And, and one of the names that's not, you know, not a Georgia state guy that was announced uh, today is Eric Neal uh, from Texas Arlington, which is a guy, of course, we know in Sunbelt circles, folks nationally may not know him, but uh, he's really statistically one of the better players in Sunbelt history um, and, and, and a dominant guard and just a pain in the butt to guard, according to Devin Mitchell. when we talked uh, just saying he was one of the hardest guys to game plan. So um, there's a couple more guys that, that are uh, basically uh, in the process of being knocked in and, and uh, looking forward to announcing the full roster of 10 guys uh, here very, very shortly. Leaving aside asking you who you'd pick, the, R- the RJ teams or the, uh, the later team. Uh, what is the timeline for all of this as we look towards this summer? Yeah, absolutely. The games, uh, games start 
in July and go into August, all the games will be on ESPN. Um, it is a is the uh, single elimination, very much a March Madness NCAA tournament style uh, format, uh, where the winner at the ends basically gets split a million dollars. And um, you know, all the games are on ESPN. And and as we will continue to, you know, we push the news and push the information out there. Uh, this is where also fans and fans and supporters of the program can get involved. Um, you know, there's going to be a public link out there uh, to basically declare your fanhood and. and the, the basketball tournament wants to know, uh, you know, who's paying attention uh, at, at last check. And, and, and certainly this is something that I'm working on is, uh, you know, there, there's o- over 60 retweets on Twitter within the last hour and a half. Uh, you want to continue to get the message out there and continue to, to get support. Um, there also is an opportunity for folks to uh, financially support the, the guys, you know, support players, uh, corporate sponsorships and such members of the Panther family, as we know, is are, are very big and wide. And we, we have uh, folks that love uh, Georgia state basketball and certainly the run um, in the last few, uh, few years. Um, and uh, to answer your earlier question too, uh, I still lean to the guys when I was in school and I may get smacked to buy McIntosh. If I don't bring up his guys with the Shenard long and Kevin Morris and, and uh, you know, Thomas Terrell and those guys. So uh, I, my heart goes to those guys because they went 29 and five when I was in school. And uh, so now they're all old heads and I certainly would want, not want them involved in any way because we may have a blown Achilles or two. Yeah. That's one where, uh, you know, if there could be a three game, three team basketball court, you know, play them all in their prime, that'd be one to be interested to see just because it, it, it's easy to forget about them, especially as we are talking in the present and, us personally, the people who do this podcast lives through the coach hunter teams and still haven't seen any footage of the 2001 team, but I mean, the record stands out and you know, the time where they went and beat up on Georgia and the tournament win, it's definitely easy to forget that those guys definitely brought it too. just, just in the sense of bringing up all the uh, success Georgia States had in the basketball program. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We are squarely behind the Panther family CBT here and, uh, appreciate you coming in for a few minutes to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to do it, Brady. Appreciate it. And thanks you. Thank you guys, you and David for having me and, um, look out for more news soon, man. I wish I could tell you everything right now, but, uh, we have a lot of, a lot of stuff up our sleeve and, and a lot of support already, which has been awesome and, and appreciate you guys for, for having me on and talk about it. So next, let's move into baseball. The Diamond Panthers season is over after a 10 to 1 loss to Georgia Southern on Wednesday in the Sun Belt Tournament. Panthers finished 18 and 37 on the season, 12 and 12, good for 500 in the Sun Belt, and Brad Stromdahl's first full season as head coach. Gentlemen, thoughts? First off, Jordan, it's Diamond Thurs. Let's get the right nickname going. If we're going to start some hype about the baseball team with a nickname, we got to get the, the consistency of the nickname going. Uh, but look, I obviously you don't want to lose to your rival to end the season and you don't want to lose to your rival 10-1 to end the season. But I think everything that we've been saying all the season about the baseball team stayed true, that it's a lot of young guys. And especially at the end of the year, they were starting something like seven freshmen. And so you took your lumps, especially with the out of conference schedule that you had and that you played all of these really good power conference teams. But at the end of the day, you got to see a lot of those young guys play really well. A guy like Josh Smith came on really strong by the end of the year and ended up being your best hitter. Guy who's leading off your lineup, uh, led the team in home runs and stolen bases, hit over 300. And you got to 500 in the Sun Belt, which is nothing to sneeze at. It's a good baseball conference with some teams that 
could make some noise in some of these uh, in a regional if they get in whoever is the representative after this weekend, the tournament is concluded. And so stuff to build on next year. I don't think that there's going to be quite so much of like the, uh, you got to build on this stuff. I think next year, especially if there's a more normal schedule where you aren't just killing yourself with all of the Clemson's and the Georgia techs and all of the, without any, just mediation in the out of conference schedule and playing any teams that you aren't underdogs going in on the road. Then I think next year you can look at it and say, we want to see a winning record. We want to see a winning record in conference. We want to see Georgia state baseball be pushing for this final weekend in the baseball tournament and not necessarily have it be a thing where you're going to have to upset uh, Georgia Southern to get there. But all in all, can't say a lot of bad given we knew that it's a rebuilding project. We knew it was a young team and they gave a lot of things that you can look at and say that they can build on for the next season. Yeah. The future is certainly bright. Um, you kind of, you know, we kind of said that all year and that's, I feel like people might take that away as if it's a, you know, just one of those coach speak type things, but that's exactly where this Georgia state team is. And you, sometimes you just got to let that wave ride. So Next year, you know, we can start talking about improving on that and who knows what happens from there. And, you know, they ended the year playing some of their best baseball. They swept Texas State at Texas State in the last road series. They took 203 from Little Rock at home to end the year, uh, had a nice gritty win against ULM. And so they had won, what, six of the last seven games going into that game with Southern. And so it was kind of a, you know, all bets are off playing with house cash. Didn't work out, but it wasn't a situation where they played well in November or, you know, January, whatever. It wasn't a situation where they came in the beginning of the year and were playing great. And at the end of the year, you looked at the team and say, oh, you slugged, you got sluggish down the stretch, lost some games. They played really good at the end of the year. And so that's why it's almost more of something to build on. You saw it grow as the season went on rather than falter. All right. One more thing before we get you guys out of here this week. The men's soccer team has joined the Mid-American Conference. That's right. We're going to have some action going on for Panthers soccer on the men's side. So it's actually Georgia State and Georgia Southern joining as affiliate members for men's soccer beginning with the 2021 to 2022 academic year, uh, which will bring the MAC to seven programs competing in men's soccer. Uh, Georgia State, of course, finished the 2020 season 9-2-2, two two, making a sixth straight conference tournament championship game appearance, losing in penalty kicks to Coastal Carolina. Uh, gentlemen, thoughts about men's soccer joining the MAC? There was no real conceivable way that Georgia State was going to get in the MAC for any sport because, you know, this wasn't anything that was going to be predictable. So I love it just in the sense that you can say Georgia State's a part of the MAC action. Uh, all the memes. Let's go. Um, I also enjoy that. I believe West Virginia is also part of the Mac in soccer now, which I thought was just very funny. Just I was surprised that they had to go to the Mac as well. That wouldn't have been in the Big 12 for Mac uh, for soccer. But yeah, I, soccer program has been in a good place. I, I think part of the function of making some of these championship games aside from being a good program is that there aren't that many teams or weren't that many teams in Sunbelt men's soccer such to where they were reaching out and getting affiliate members that I think was it Hartrick Hartwick, something like that. That was a uh, soccer only member. And so I think it was with, with three or four teams and the, the 
Sunbelt that could possibly go. I just think that there's maybe more, slightly more competition there and that that can only be a good thing to push Georgia State soccer. Um, it's no good being a monopoly. You don't want to just by default almost be pushing for these championships, much as championships are good. And so I think branching out, getting some more competition can only be a good thing. And it's it's been a program that's been doing a lot of good things. So continue on that. Yeah, so that's going to be really exciting to see. Uh, the full roster, if you guys were curious, is going to be MAC members Akron, Bowling Green, Northern Illinois, and Western Michigan. And then, of course, affiliate members now being Georgia Southern, Georgia State, and West Virginia, as Brady mentioned. So we'll look forward to that. But other than that, that is all we have this week. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Thursday Night Podcast is a production of ThursdayNight.com, the independent source of choice for all things Georgia State sports. This podcast and all included sounds are exclusive property of and copyright 2019 Jordan Crawford Enterprises, LLC, on behalf of ThursdayNight.com, unless otherwise specified. The podcast is produced by Programming Director Brady Weiler and Technical Director Jordan Crawford, with assistance from co-hosts Taylor Dynan and David Salmon. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, as well as podcast aggregators like Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcast. To submit questions and comments, or to request information on advertising and corporate partnerships, contact the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Thursday Night, or via email at thursdaynight at gmail.com.